Dead men tell no tales. Fifty men loaded in man's chest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo, ho, ho, and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from, you know... You don't remember? I do remember, but I was going to say, I'm Scott Artis from, why can't I just podcast all day long? Why do I have to go work? That's the question. But no, I got to be from somewhere, I guess. ScottArtis.com. I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Why can't I be from my couch? I know that sounds real live and like I'm alive. I don't know what that is. I like my couch. I know, but... I'm from my couch. You're just going to be on the couch? Yeah. Well, that's weird. (laughs) We're podcasting from the couch tonight. (laughs) It's our full-time job. Couch sitting. Thanks for joining us for Minute 49 of Dead Man's Chest. That's in case you were actually here for the Black Pearl. That's Curse of the Black Pearl. You're like, oh my god, I'm in the wrong one. No. You're season two. But you can start wherever you want. And I know Heather doesn't like when I thank the new listeners because she claims the format of the show lends people to starting at the beginning or beginning of a season. But since when do I ever listen to Heather? Never. Exactly. Well, I wouldn't admit that anyways publicly. (laughs) So thanks for listening. That's all I have to say. New listeners, thanks for listening. And all you old listeners. Yeah, what about them? I'm going to thank them too. The people who have been around forever. Yeah, the tried and true listeners. Yeah, thank you as well. The people who put up with these voices day after day. Oh, trust me, that's that's brutal. It's almost like, uh, maybe they think it's like dead air going on because they have it on mute and they go, oh, I really like to listen to Black Pearl Show. It's like sleep ambiance. It's like white noise to them. <laughs> I don't think we're quite white noise. Oh, but I do love all the new peeps giving us a go, secretly listening to us. Hoping their friends don't find out they're indulging in a show about pirate movies. But fear not, tell your friends and family there's a spot of history sometimes. You know, we include that. Yeah. And for the rest of them, for those ones that you would consider your lowbrow friends. You go through your puberty again? Yeah, I did. And it got squeaky there. When it's time to (laughs) change. How dare you make me drop a Brady reference. But like I was saying, for those lowbrow friends that you have, we do offer some childish euphemisms and humor every once in a while. So there's something every for everyone. Every once in a while? Hey, I said every once in a while. Pretty much every episode. Every once in a while. Sometimes we get uh, really like into it, serious. But I think that's enough of the preamble. Yes. Okay. In the previous minute, ooh-ah, ooh-ah, it's scent of a woman minute as the crew of the Edinburgh Trader sense a ghostly, virgin, wedding-jilted old maid who's on a haunting tear aboard the ship with the unceasing end to man-trap her way all the way from the 18th to the 21st century. Actually, if I pull up my 18th to 21st century dictionary, it's a translational thing. And I reverse search the definition, you know, 
the one about a ghostly virgin old maid thing I was just talking about? It basically says, yeah, that's just a woman. So all that definition was really just simplified into a woman. Wait, it does include naked as part of the description. We don't want to forget naked. <laughs> did I already say, wah? Yeah, no, you did. <laughs> Leave it to the 18th, well, hell, men in general, yeah. to create such a tale. A true tale, most likely. Send all your hate mail to Heather. She made me say that. It's a pirate show. We're supposed I'll to... I'll let go of your toenail. <laughs> Minute 49 begins with a final second on the Enborough Trader, which abruptly cuts to the Black Pearl, anchored where an island river empties into the ocean. Two longboats are seen rowing up river as the camera... That's not a euphemism, by the way. <laughs> rowing up river as... <laughs> I think that's like a menage or something, but hey. I said every once in a while. Every once in a while there's a euphemism. So you can uh, drop that one to your friends when you see uh, two longboats uh, rowing up a river. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> the camera gives us a moving aerial view before we fade to the island's interior. The minute ends with Gibbs telling Will, Marty, Pintel, and Rietti about the Kraken. Imagine the last thing you know on God's green earth is the roar of the Kraken. And the reeking odor of a thousand rotting corpses. Was that better? Yes, thank you very much. I put some a little. It, it, I like it with feeling. Oompa better. loompa behind it. Yes. Not that I was. Uh, oompa loompa. Yeah. Oomph. How dare you? How dare you? Yeah, I think that was a crack at Marty, and I find that actually atrocious and in bad taste. You're. I said it. Since I have no transition, I'm just going to yell out exposition, Gibbs. Because <laughs> Epsom, Epsom salt. <laughs> Epson, Do you Epson need a bath games. or something? I don't know. It's like my tongue feels like five times its normal size now. You need to soak your teeth, your toes, because I pulled on them. Teeth? Why do I got to <laughs> your toes in Epsom salts? Well, that's weird. But we shouldn't talk about that stuff on the air. Not, Exposition Gibbs not, strikes again. What? Do you not remember why I was pulling on your toes? I'm just saying I didn't want to talk about it because it's just, I don't know. Eps, eps, Jesus. Exposition Gibbs strikes again. Okay, from a movie standpoint, not the greatest. You know, exposition is not the greatest, okay? From a movie standpoint. Neither is Epsom salt. Yeah, you don't want Epsom salts in your movie. That's just weird. <laughs> no. But for me, I'm eating this up. I've said it before, and since I'd like to dabble in cliches myself, by code of the pirate brethren, I'm required to follow up with, and I'll say that again. Because... If you say I've said it before and I'll say it again, you have to combine them. You can't just leave it hanging. That's like uh, drive Sheldon nuts from Big Bang Theory. Anyways, Gibbs can tell a story to me any day of the week. I feel like people are imagining me lying on my stomach on a rug, the fire roaring in the background, my legs bent up at the knees with my feet crossed, my hands under my chin as Gibbs treats me to a story. That's how much I like Gibbs storytelling. Wow. That's quite uh, okay. the picture yeah. you're... you're painting here am i maybe i'm wondering if that's what people are really thinking or if i'm just thinking about that myself a lonesome friday night <laughs> <laughs> maybe a, i should edit a, that out a actually grizzled old man <laughs> yeah, may, yeah maybe i will edit that out i guess he's not really old man yeah what's going a on grizzled there? gibbs his storytelling is telling awesome. you stories as you're sitting in front of a roaring what? fire. I think I'm going to play maybe a sound effect that there was something wrong with our transmission there. That way people don't really think that I'm daydreaming about Gibbs telling me a bedtime story maybe in a roaring it. fire. Oh, oh, man. <laughs> Whew. I'm getting hot flashes over here. It's really hot. It's cracking hot. 
Cracklin Firehot. This minute contains the first official mention of the Kraken. Early on, it was identified as the Terrible Beastie. Now we have an actual name to it, and I'm really glad about this. I like Terrible Beastie. Terrible Beastie's good. Yeah. I just like that we finally... Because Kraken symbolizes that we're moving on oh, in okay. the plot. Yes. It's not just a moniker. It's actually we're moving this freaking movie forward, and that's what I like. Just like these longboats. They're moving forward, upriver. The legendary sea monster that I probably was first introduced to in the classic Ray Harryhausen flick, Clash of the Titans. Ah, 1981. A year I remember well. I I really don't. (laughs) That's the 80s version with Harry Hamlin, Burgess Meredith, and who was Zeus? There's a famous guy that played Zeus. You remember? Why would I even ask you? I have no clue. Lawrence Olivier. That's just Sir Lawrence Olivier. You got it? I got it. Or do I need to look it up for you? I got it. Because we're not talking about that, what was it, 2010 version of Clash of the Titans? Something like that? Come on, get the hell out of here with that. We want Burgess Meredith. We want, like, stop motion. That's Clash of the Titans. And they have a pretty good Kraken in there, so maybe we'll compare Krakens. There you go. I think that's something that we'll do, actually. I'm going to put that on the list. But we do get Kraken action. <laughs> That's got to be a domain name, right? Kraken action. Krakenaction.com. I got to get that. I might actually check and see if that's available. I don't know what I'm going to do with Kraken action. I have no clue. But if you tell people to go to Kraken action, that might not be good. Don't look up Kraken action and accidentally misspell that. But it's more than just a mention later on. So I just say we end... Well, let's end that here and we can dive into Sea Monster Talk in a future minute when we actually see the beast. The terrible beastie. A good look of him. Not some mysterious back or water ripple like we did earlier. What do you say? You up for that? Sounds good. Yeah. Kraken action. Kraken action. I don't know what I'm going to do with that, but I like it. This minute brought to you by Kraken action. We'll have to think of a product with it. But there is something that we do have to talk about while they're on the boat. Because I can say both this Will's time. absolutely amazing jacket. Yeah. And I so just want to pop off with the coat of amazing colors or the Technicolor <laughs> Dream Coat or something. But it's not really colorful. No, that it's is black. almost, well, it's not a coat so much as when I look at it at the sleeves, I immediately see Batman. Really? That's the very first bat suit. Really? Hell yeah. It looks oh. like it's an armored coat. The sleeves have spikes on it. No, they're they're more of a... I know, the design. Just look at them. It looks like it's, it's impenetrable so coat. I didn't say it has poked up spikes, but if you know the bat suit, you would know that it has... Oh, with the nipples? Arr! Walk the plank. Not the... Get, get the hell out of here. How dare you even bring up that George Clooney nightmare? Really? You brought up bat nipples. Get the hell out of here. That's unbelievable. Seriously. Bat nipples. I mean, come on. This minute's gone to hell. <laughs> well, the minute's not gone to hell. The episode has gone to hell. <laughs> but I immediately see Batman. I don't know why. Oh, it's I like don't. It's like the armored I sleeves I and I don't know. It just is. It's the sleeves that look like they could stop a bullet and maybe cut you with some of the design on there. I want his jacket. I have that in my notes. Yeah, I need his jacket. That's an exact quote from my notes. Not jacket. Batman's? Okay, actually, it wasn't an exact quote because it's the exact quote is, yeah, I need that coat. Oh, I put jacket, so I'm in the right category. You're not. It's a coat. It's a jacket. It's a leather jacket. Speaking of bats, I swear I heard a bat sound while they were floating up river. <laughs> it was just in your head. <laughs> it could have been. 
Could have been me dreaming about Gibbs. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Could have been me, though. Yeah, you're right. I mean, really, a bat? It's like, let's throw any jungle sound we can find into the background here. Come on, guys. Or is it is supposed really to be bat? like birds? Or, I don't know. Or a big old beast? Uh, really? I mean, maybe I need to listen to it again to make sure it's beast. not a bird. Being a bird guy, I should probably clarify before I just go spouting off on the air about so that. it's a bat. But that's what it sounded like. My first reaction was a bat. Maybe Will brought it from his bat cave. (laughs) Now you sound like you're making fun of the jacket. I like the jacket. I said I needed it. (laughs) Just reminds me of Batman. And I'd steal it from you. You know, like I said, I like it. I do too. But there's also a bat floating around. And it's really weird that he has a coat that reminds me of a Batman suit. Coat of many colors. So... There must be, maybe that was the subtle reference. Gore's like, oh man, this co- Penny, Penny Rose, why did you design this coat to be so awesome? And can stop a bullet. So he puts in the sound. <laughs> the screeching bat sound. It was almost a cliche bat sound. If you could have cliche bat sounds in a movie. <laughs> Not that I'm cliching bats, but it's almost like a Scooby-Doo bat sound. That's probably what it reminds me of. Oh, Scooby-Doo? I mean, how many times? Because they had it in every single opening of Scooby-Doo. Yeah. I got to listen to it again. I'm going to compare Scooby-Doo openings with uh, the bat sound here. Maybe it was Will signaling Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> we didn't really see. Maybe that's like his secret thing. You know, it's the whole bat thing. Okay. They, we'll leave the bat thing around. What is Captain Jack Sparrow Robin? Really? You're going to have him in the back seat as Robin? You said he was signal. You said... He's talking to him. Oh, Batman can't talk to anybody but Robin? <laughs> what the hell is going on over there? That he was Batman. I said Will. He's secretly talking to Robin. No, he's secretly talking to Jack. I didn't mention Robin. It's interesting, though. And I don't even know how to transition out of this now. <laughs> it's like we're going to have dead air for like five minutes. Yeah, it's, like, it's like we need we transition music. Maybe we need the bat sound as transition music. <laughs> or maybe speaking of bats, Marty could take down, since I need something here, take down that bat with the blunderbuss he's sporting. Because it's good to see him taking, like, guard duty here. The remaining Motley crew are definitely getting some good screen time in this oh, yeah. movie. Yeah. I like to see Marty doing stuff. He's really looking uh, dapper there with that blunderbuss ready well, it, to destroy. It doesn't really seem like Marty's listening to Gibbs' story until Gibbs says the Kraken. Well, come on. And then he turns around. He's like, Gibbs is telling another sea turtle story. And then all of a sudden he's like, Kraken, what? This is brand new to me. <laughs> I didn't know Gibbs knew another story. Imagine exposition Gibbs if you're really there. He's got to be telling these guys everything all the time. They're like, really, the camera's not on us. And Gibbs is just going <laughs> off on things. Just That'd be awesome. Telling you stories about every little thing that you come across. I guess so listen to Gibbs all day long. And you, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, but you made it a little... Weird. Hey. A little uncomfortable. Okay. It's a little uncomfortable. (laughs) The river. Again, this is going to be no transitions. Just me saying it is not really a transition, but, well, they're going up river. I mean, Marty's there. They're going up the river. And as we heard a few minutes back, kind of what Jack said, we got to go up river. While we're here, this is the stretch of shallow water flowing into the ocean at Portsmouth on the northeast part of Dominica, by the way. Which oh, became, we're still on Dominica? Yeah. Bizarre, huh? Yeah. 
Well, I mean, okay, for the movie, they're not. They just did like oh. round the corner, you goofball. I'm like, we're for still what? on the island no. with the cannibals? No, Pelagosto. Okay, here's how this works. In the movie, we <laughs> use the movie names. And when we're referring to the real place, the location, we use the real name. Okay, you got it. You're on board it. now. Yeah, I got it. Like I said, Portsmouth on northeast part of Dominica. That's the actual place that we're at here, which became the Pantano River or Pantano River. Maybe Pantano. In the it's movie. It's more Spanish sounding. In the huh? movie? In the movie. Because its real name is the Indian River. And if you were so inclined to travel to Dominica, and of course invite us with you, <laughs> we could all take the cruise along the river together. That is available. It's kind of spooky. You got people sitting up on rocks. The Pantano River was a river running through Cuba. It ran through the island's dark and mysterious swamps inhabited by alligators and monstrously large fly traps. Further into the thick swampland lies a bayou where fireflies flickered in the heavy air and all manner of critters and swamp people live, lined with stark, overhanging trees and brush and rickety lean-tos. Reptiles scuttle nimbly along the branches of the trees of the cypress forest. That's the official description of this place. And they call people swamp people. That's what they did. Kind of the official description of it. Okay. But more behind the scenes note, the Indian River was actually explored by none other than Christopher Columbus. Oh, I knew you in were going to say century. that. No, you didn't. Yeah. That's weird, right? I almost shot it shot it out. Shot it out. <laughs> it's lined with beautifully gnarled Pterocarpus officinalis trees. Did you get that? What's that? Just a second, because it's cool. And their roots sometimes spread up to 20 feet. That's with the big gnarly ones you see there. It's also known as dragon's blood trees. Ooh. Yeah, spooky. Very spooky. This just, I think, though, dragon's blood trees really belongs in Middle Earth. That's a Middle Earth thing going on. Yeah. Wrong movie. Yeah, exactly. But no, it's not the movie. It's real life. Yeah, but wrong. Never mind. That's true. I guess we Legolas needs to come out. That's true. Ooh. Boom. Another connection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because Legolas is Will Turner. The tree had been planted in Cuba in the past for obtaining the officinal drug Sangre de Drago. Dragon's blood. It was Spanish. Though there is currently little trade in this material, it's found in Central and South America as well as the Caribbean also. When the bark is cut, it exudes a blood-red juice that soon solidifies and forms a red resin which is insipid and inodorous. The resin which soon solidifies from this, the latex it includes used to be exported in large quantities from Colombia to Spain for medicinal use under the name Sangre de Drago is what I was just saying. Huh. I wanted to repeat that because it's pretty cool. Yeah. The wood has been used for floats for fishnets, life belts, and cheap furniture. Also for construction, and at one time, thin pieces served as pans and washing or panning for gold. Excuse you, but are you saying my dragon blood furniture is cheap? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Not that we want to offend any dragon's blood wood furniture out there that you guys have. Uh, we really like it. Yeah, good call. Let's apologize for yeah. that in advance. It has the unusual property of being combustible in a fresh state. So if you're looking to burn something quickly, hey. Get out your dragon's yeah, blood furniture. Exactly. But really, and this is the point that I really want to highlight here. The unusual property of this tree is that it is combustible in its fresh state. It's like, how about the goddamn red juice? Come on here. Don't bury the lead. Yeah. The unusual property is when you cut it and it bleeds <laughs> red juice. Yeah. How many trees actually bleed red juice? That's a good question. Normally I don't know. white, right? Uh, I think there's multiple colors for sap, if you've ever seen sap. Well, white, yellow. Well, I'm I'm thinking bleeding. Am. I don't think of sap as bleeding. 
But I guess it would be. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, white? How white, dare you? White and amber. Not red, though. I know. That's what I'm saying. That's the lead unusual property. Burning it. I see green, it's fresh. Okay. Are we going to go through every color here? Who cares what the sap is? This one's red. That's the cool part. It's used in treatment of diarrhea, mouth sores, and if one is so desires, could create an infusion of the outer bark to treat dysentery. Well, I'll go get you your red sap. Thank you. Dragon's blood. Dragon's blood. Thank you. Look, I mean, it's pirates and medical advice here on the show today. (laughs) Next thing you know, we'll be handing out legal advice. Oh, just wait. Wait a second. This just in from our legal team. The Black Pearl Show highly recommends checking with your physician before you drink dragon's blood. (laughs) That's probably the fine print. Probably. It sounds like something you should buy in an alley, though. Or maybe, maybe it's the next energy drink. Dragon's blood. Yeah, I call trademark. Trademark. Yeah. <laughs> right? Dragon's yeah. blood. This episode brought to you by Dragon's Blood. Got a case of fire breath? Give Dragon's Blood a swig. And you'll be slaying knights in no time. I gotta work on it, but... Yeah. It's something yeah. like that. Yeah? Fire what about breath, fire breath? Me, that, okay, maybe that would be Dragon's that would Blood be mouthwash. Bad, that, yeah. That'd be like bad breath, so... Has slain knights got you down? No more energy to kill all those <laughs> villagers. Villagers running rampant. Can't catch them all. Uh, give Dragon's Blood a swig. You'll be torching villages in no time. Ah, okay. You should probably work on that. Yeah, I got to work on that. Really got to work on that. Oh, that was yeah. poor. Yeah. The real life location, because I have to specify real life. Was recreated on the Pantano River Bayou set, constructed on stage two at Walt Disney Studios in Burbank. Filling up almost every inch of the 240-foot-long, 130-foot-wide soundstage. Really? Yeah. This might be the biggest reference to Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean, from a look standpoint. The set is described as a truly magical evocation of a Caribbean swampland river. And when I look at it, it looks like the bayou with those dilapidated shacks on the water. The set must have been incredible. Yeah, and, an and they also have the sound effects. Well, the bats. That's what you want. It's the bats. <laughs> it's not only bats. You hear crickets and stuff in the background. That's right. But you got to have the one bat. The token bat. The token bat. In the politically correct area, you always got to have the bat there. Is there a bat in the ride? That's a good oh. question. I don't think so. No. No way. I think you'd know if there's a bat. You'd be like, what are you doing here? Come on, get over to the haunted mansion. Keep the bats in the mansion. But it was actually the set incredible enough to attract a Disney all-star to it. Is that Carly you're talking about? I don't even know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> Isn't that show iCarly or you're something? You're asking me like I sit down and watch this show called iCarly? On the Disney Channel? A, we don't have Disney Channel. B, I don't know what iCarly is. And don't look in my DVD drawer. <laughs> That's none of your business. Hope you mind your own business on that. I'll try. I can't find my iCarly t-shirt though. Man... I heart Carly. <laughs> Is that wrong? That's probably a young kid, right? Yeah, oh, she's Jesus. Probably, yeah, yeah. Arr! It's wrong. Now there's an awkward silence. Yeah, there's an awkward silence. I have never seen the show, so I don't know what's going on. But now that... Okay, yeah, that's just bad form. The Pantano River set drew, like I said, a visit from legendary Francis Xavier Atencio. The Disney legend who wrote the script for the original theme park attraction, as well as the lyrics to Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. He actually visited the set because it was that good. Oh, wow. That's awesome. And what was even more awesome is that the Dead Man's Chess crew rolled out like a red carpet for Atencio, honoring him with his own director's chair. And when Jerry Bruckheimer, Gore Verbinski, Johnny Depp, Orlando Bloom, Kara Knightley, and a long parade of cast and crew paying 
due homage to him there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Turned out to be quite the extravaganza for him, which is pretty cool to see this thing that he helped create with Walt Disney in the yeah. 60s, like have this complete spin and come back all the way to 2006, where this like this huge movie blockbuster. That's pretty cool. That is cool. I mean, I think, yeah, we'll talk about some of that, but it's this was a billion dollar Pirates movie itself. Broke the billion dollar mark. And it's all due to... Xavier Atencio. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty and special, And maybe Walt actually. Disney, Gore Verbinski, Johnny Depp. Well, Jack I Fro mean, okay. yeah, but they took their... A lot of the ride's ideas came from Xavier. Yeah, exactly. You know, and so that's the whole creation of the ride, of the movies. That was took the it all from, for, yeah. yeah. Exactly. That's what I have to say. Did you have anything else? I don't know. I think I'm, like, done. And plus, I probably need to... Make sure I have extra time to edit some of those things out about Gibbs and this iCarly deal. I just, no, it's true. iCarly. Anyway, I just wanted to say, did you see, did you check out the look on Rigetti's face when Gibbs says about the suction cups that are going to suction his face? Yeah. You know what he was worried about? He's worried about his eye being plucked out. Yeah, because it would totally pull it out. Exactly. He he loses his wooden eye. eye. He's so obsessed with the wooden eye. And maybe there's good reason for that later on. But he is. And well, I think we kind of hit on it in the first season that it's he was told to basically protect it with his life. Yeah, you're right. I think we did yeah. when we were talking some of the backstory. Yeah. So there you go. Reminder, he was told by Barbosa to protect it with his life. Yeah. So that's what we have to say about that. But there's more to come later on. Yep. Well, if you don't have anything else, I'm just going to say let's get out of here. It's like a school night or something. Work night. <laughs> it's Wednesday, so. Yeah, yeah, Wednesday. We'll be back on Friday with minute 50 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, Scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum, as always. I really miss the guys on the Edinburgh Trader already, though. Seem like nice, wholesome characters. Dabble a bit in superstition. You know, they long to find a naked lady. But hey, who doesn't, <laughs> you know? Oh, those guys. Can't wait for them to come back. You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. Yo ho ho and a bottle of a rum. Yo! This is a Shout Reach Media Production.
Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music... That's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather. <laughs>